This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakty. All right, I'm here with John O'Connor. Solange. Solange. Cheers. Uh, what what is it? I've known you since 2011, because that's when I moved, and we met through a mutual friend. I think I met you and your wife, or well, you weren't married yet. Mm-mm. You were no about to be married, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple weeks away from being married, and we hit it off on talking about music. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> music brings people together. Right. Yeah. So. You're not from Grand Rapids. You're from uh, West Branch. I keep thinking it's North Branch. It's yeah. West Branch is north of North Branch. <laughs> it's just up north. It's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so that's more towards uh, the Bay Area, uh, you know, Saginaw, that that vicinity. Uh, what what was it like to to be in that area? Uh, it's it's Kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's great. I mean, I had a great childhood. I loved it up there. It was, uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere, end of a dirt road before a national forest. But, uh, you know, it was a great place to grow up. And it was out in the woods. And I, you know, still love being in the wilderness and being outside and being hunting and fishing and, you know, doing all those things that you get to get a pretty, uh, pretty relaxed childhood of, like, you know, getting to do things and not having, you know, not worrying about things. Right. Um, Very chill. Super chill. I had great parents, great uh, great grandparents that were awesome. That just it was a great place to grow up, man. Let's tell you, we're all in the family property that was in the family for a hundred, been in the family for a hundred years. So it's uh, it's a good spot. Nice. So what? How did uh, music start for you? What were you listening to? What were you interested in as a kid? Uh, as a child, I mean, you know, just whatever my parents had laying around. Uh, you know, I loved the Top Gun soundtrack. <laughs> I weirdly loved the Wham cassette. I remember the Wham cassette when I was a kid. Like, Wake Me Up Before, my go- Before You Go-Go was like my favorite song when I was like, you know, eight. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, I don't know. My, my dad had an old record player I found in the basement and uh, a bunch of old records. I remember getting uh, Led Zeppelin IV. You know, that was like, that, that was pretty like, instrumental in, in right. things. You know, like this weird record with, it, I still have it. It's over there on the shelf. Like, oh, you nice. know. You, can't, you know, there's no writing on it. There's no anything. You just open it up and there's these weird symbols and you're like, what's this? You know, and you just put it on and you're like, you know, then that, you know, it just starts and you're like, oh, Led Zeppelin is you know, pretty like, wow, all right, I like this. And then uh, my mom had a beauty shop, weirdly, uh, in our basement. Uh, she, used to, she used to cut hair and she used to teach at the community college. And she always got, we always had magazines just because it was a beauty shop. And somehow, I, I don't remember how, somehow I got a subscription to Rolling Stone as a as like a 12 year old or 13 like and i don't think i ever paid for it i don't think my mom ever paid for it maybe it was like one of those things i don't know you're probably too young for like you'd get the things in the mail with little stickers on it and you could send it back in and get cds and shit and uh, well are you talking about columbia house kind of like columbia house but there was like a thing for magazines too okay. so i don't know for my entire like teenage years i just had rolling stone in my life which was pretty incredible for a kid from the middle of nowhere that you know you had like country music radio and then you had like z93 from Saginaw, which was like, you know, modern hard rock uh, and like shitty old rock. And like, not, you know, and I love old rock and roll, but it was like, you know, a lot of, you know, redneck metal kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so like, 
Rolling Stone was like this window to the world for both music and, and politics, you know? As a, as a kid from up north, it was just like, got to see some big, you know, world, big world thinking journalism about music and politics. And so I like, it's been, it was very instrumental in my life having that uh, available, that outlet for me. That's awesome. Uh, so what other music what would you say from your parents influenced you? Um, no, I, I still got some great records from my parents. You know, my dad loves my dad loves Heart. Actually, he was just down here a couple weeks ago to yeah. see Heart. Oh, yeah, you, you went and took him, right? Yeah, he, but he loves Heart, uh, which I, I like Heart. They're good. Uh, not my favorite, but not the worst. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's his general. Doobie Brothers. Uh, you know, got some great old Beach Boys albums from my parents. Uh, you know, my grandpa actually had a lot of old records too, like a lot of Dean Martin and uh, Frank Sinatra and old old country, like real old country, uh, yeah. Hank Williams Senior and stuff like that. So like. That stuff was always around. Um, that really influenced me, and uh, yeah. So uh, the audience that can't see this, but how many records you got over there? I mean, oh, a couple hundred. I don't. Yeah, it's been an ongoing, evolving, and there's another couple, probably a thousand in the basement that were just like things from my parents <laughs> and my grandpa that I've whittled through on numerous occasions that I may never listen to, or right. but, but I still have them. I, there's a bunch of crazy records from my childhood too. I got like there's these Halloween records, with all these like kind of Halloween songs and Halloween sounds. I remember listening to those when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, what was the one that's a Disney movie with Aristocrats? Aristocats. Yeah. Like I have that Disney record, and I just remember like loving that record when I was a child. Everybody um, wants to be a cat. Yeah, man. Got, I got like a Kennedy record, uh, the Moon Speech record. Like I got, like, so I, my, my mom had a lot of that stuff, like okay. for kind of time period. There's a, uh, I know, I know he's a faux pas now, but uh, I have a Bill Cosby record that I absolutely love. Um, you know, uh, Bill, Bill was a pretty instrumental comedian in the yeah. world and in his generation. And I know he's a creepy old man, um, but like that is a re I remember listening to that record and I, I you know it's been a while since I listened but it's like it's just those comedy records were so I like I love comedy too and those records are also very like uh, having comedy I got a, a, a Cheech and Chong record that was my dad's it's like uh, Sleeping Beauty it's like you open it up and it looks like a giant pill um, so like yeah it's just the fact that that was like the, the form of entertainment not just music but politics and, and comedy and like the culture culture in general yeah, it's yeah. All, so I love records nice what, so what were the the biggest influences uh, that your parents? So the music that your parents had, mm -hmm. the, the the biggest influences that took majority of your time in whether it was reading in Rolling Stone or listening to their music, and and why were they so influential? I, don't know, I mean, I, I guess I was I was been, I was always curious about music, um, and. Uh, Outside of my parents, I was when I was an early teenager. I uh, I started working when I was 13 years old at a, at a place called Brian's Fruit and Meat Market, and uh, just like bag groceries, mm -hmm. and, like I paid three bucks an hour cash, and uh, and there was all these older dudes there that were in like older teenagers, you know, early 20s, late 20s, and you know, varying spectrums and influences of life. And there was a, a guy there named uh, Billy Dugan who was uh, probably in his late 20s, used to race motorcycles. Like his parents, he was not from West Branch, but he like moved up there because of his parents or whatever. And, you know, in a weird way, Billy was kind of a mentor musically for me. Like he just introduced me to a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And as I'm reading Rolling Stone, like I couldn't, he's like, there was no record store. Right. Uh, there was no way to find this stuff. And so he, like, I remember he brought me, he's probably a bunch of CDs once. And like, it was like, it was, it was a, a strange amalgamation of CDs. And, but I remember like, Three specifically were uh, 
um, Nick Drake, Pink Moon, uh, Bad Religion, Stranger Than Fiction, and Pennywise, Pennywise. So it was like it was like weird British folk rock that no one, a lot of people still don't know about, and then like some kind of like new school punk rock, and right. uh, that was like you know eye opening and mind mind altering for a you know. 14 year old in West Branch who only knew ACDC and you know Boston uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so I just like that was like and then, and then when I turned 16 I started working at Pepsi uh, Pepsi Cola as like a merchandiser so I like drove around a lot and there was like other little towns around us you know 20 30 miles away and this town Houghton Lake had a record store guitar shop that sold a bunch of used CDs and so like I would just like every time I drove past that store, I stopped and like just like wandered and, and like dug for new CDs. And I started finding, you know, punk rock. And I started finding, uh, I love, I still I like love really great classic rock and roll, you know, whether it's uh, Tom Petty or uh, Eric Clapton or Cream and right. like truly really trying to find those like kind of influential, uh, the Who, just like stuff like that. So like I was just buying CDs like they were crazy because I, Pepsi paid real good for a 16-year-old with no bills, and uh, so I bought a lot of CDs when I was in, you know, 16, 17 years old, and like, you know. What was it about the punk music that appealed to you? I mean, is it the message? Is it, uh, was it something that, because it was so different than mainstream rock? Yeah, and I don't think I was ever like a... I don't think I was ever a punker, you know, I was never, a, I didn't, I never skateboarded and it was never like fuck authority kind of guy, but I was always just like, I don't know, especially Pennywise and Bad Religion, I think they were, I, you know, Pennywise is a lot of, I was an athlete, so like, he was like, I like the, the upbeat energy about it, I like the, like, uh, you know, fight for your mind, that was a great yeah, song, yeah. you know, it was just like, you gotta, like, I don't know, just be energetic and stand up for something and be, be your own person and, I don't know, it appealed to me in some regard. So, high school comes around. What uh, you're you're getting ready to to leave mm -hmm. to go to Grand Rapids uh, for to go to Grand Valley. Uh, it's our alma mater, both of us. Yeah. Uh, what what's going on at, during that time? Ah uh, man, in high school. Last couple of years of high school, listen to a lot of Beastie Boys. Yeah. Uh, Intergalactic had just come out. I remember that was like, that was big, man. We just loved the Beastie Boys and Rage Against the Machine, uh, yeah. you know. But then I also remember like Kid Rock. That was like the emergence of Bob Ritchie into the world, you know. And that was like Eminem. Like uh, those were big things as Michigan dudes, you know. That right. like those things started popping on the scene. So it was like, uh, and you know, the rap metal stuff was huge back then. I don't think I ever owned a Limp Biscuit album, but like I remember like Limp Biscuit, everybody had Limp Biscuit playing, and it was like a weird being from a, a little like uh, small town farm town, but a lot of rap went on, but, and I was never like I mean I love me some Snoop Dogg and some Dre, but like yeah. there was a lot of like kind of shitty rap that people listen to, uh, so those songs like I don't really like I like I don't think I like they they influenced my life, but they were like around life, you know you'd be out in the cornfield drinking bush lights and you know there'd be a bunch of pallets being burned and they'd be like too short on and you'd be like all right i guess that's what the kids want to listen to you know like i'm just here to have a good time yeah <laughs> so you moved to grand rapids mm -hmm. uh you're in grand valley you were, you were a philosophy 
right? Uh, I, of one, one of many things I, I wandered between, but yeah, philosophy for a little while, poli sci, public, public administration is where I finished, but oh, yeah. yeah, you know. So, what a... It's <laughs> my dog, Rosie. Making a guest appearance. Yeah. What's what's going on during uh, the college years yeah. uh, with music? Yeah. So yeah, that was like, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like the year from 1999 to like the year 2002. Like I feel like it's like 1969 to 1971. If you like looked at like the three year periods of music that were pretty instrumental in in things, I feel like. Man, that was a sweet spot, you know. It was it was kind of the death of uh, the death of rap metal. It was like the start of uh, like a different movement, you know. Uh, I, I just instantly fell in love with the White Stripes and the Strokes and Ryan Adams and like uh, so like the, the kind of the, the the roots rock Americana rock started popping up. The garage rock thing yes. was popping up. Yeah. It was like a return to rock and roll. Right. And uh, I worked at the. Uh, uh, First, and Kid A, man, Radiohead. Like, I know, I'd listened to Radiohead in high school, but when Kid A came out, it was like uh, a bit, uh, man, that album just was, was such a, uh, a deviation from anything else, any other sound in the world at that point in time. And I just was, I was hooked. I'm, you know. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, when I listened to Kid A for the first time, I didn't get, I didn't get why there was such a big hubbub about it, you know, because I was, it was well past the time uh, when that had come out. But when that came out, for sure, that was huge. With the, the sounds, uh, the electronic yeah. sounds that it was coming out with yeah. at that time. You mentioned, uh, you know, the garage rock bands. Was it appealing because it, it, you had uh, that connection to it from your, your earlier days? Absolutely, like it was, it was, yeah, it was familiar. It was stripped down. It it was like it was back to, you know, kind of what I what I imagine rock and roll should be. And plus, there was like an attitude about it, right? Like when you saw the Strokes, Julian Casablancas, and and those guys like just roll out in their, you know, skinny jeans and their <laughs> G, G corduroy jackets and they their sunglasses and they just like, they had like attitude about them. And you're like, man, like that's different. This isn't pretentious. This isn't like this is just this is this is guys that just want to play some right some some straightforward rock and roll and I love it. And they it. did that. And they did it, man. Right. Yeah. I used to have this like like melted chocolate ice cream color strokes t shirt with like fuzzy brown strokes letters and dark brown on it. It was like my favorite shirt. It's probably a small, like I could <laughs> it might fit one arm if I could ever find it again. It's my favorite shirt I ever owned. <laughs> Yeah, and then we, uh, you know, and I also, I, when I moved down here, I had a lot of uh, friends who got into the whole, uh, you know, house and techno and uh, dance music stuff. And so, like, I dabbled in that a bit, too. You know, like, I, I went to some shows. I saw a lot of, I've seen a lot of electronic music. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I'm not, like, I don't nerd out on it. And then I also, like, I, I love, uh, like, metal. Uh, I mean, I saw Pantera in my freshman year of college. Uh, I've seen like I like I like went to a lot of metal shows with my buddy Kermit, um, so uh, yeah I like metal too. Uh, Pantera was pretty crazy. Why was it crazy? Just it was just like a different energy, man. I mean, yeah. just like a, something I had not experienced that like that level of uh, intensity from fans. Like 
been to a lot of shows with a lot of people who love the band, but like there's a there's a different energy at a at a show like a Pantera show where people are so like they that was a life experience for them. And you know, I was like 130 pounds soaking wet kid, you know, from the sticks, and like I was just like stand by the soundboard and hang on to the bicycle rack and like just you know my buddy Kermit and his brother are in the pit you know punching each other in the right. face and like you know dudes are walking out of there they look like they jumped out of a pool and you know they're launching beers into the audience out of a slingshot and like it is just it is like an, it is a carnival man and 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 yet the music is so intense and those people are so loyal and it was like you know it was just it was just a different something I'd never experienced and I was like you know I still like I still like metal it's just yeah. you know oh that, that excites me I know. to hear that you know you know we just we were just before we got on here you know today is uh uh you know their last week tool released their whole album on digital and the albums that came out in that like that period of 99 to 2001 2002 like uh tool like lateralis was pr a pretty monumental uh experience as an album you know and i love and i love albums too like that's one thing i you know in today's music age i get disappointed in is i still like listening to an album and uh you know as a you know when, when, with with the Tool stuff coming out the last last week, like it's hard to listen to Tool on random or on shuffle. Like when I listen to one of those albums, like I, I like I have this expectation of a, a pace and an order. And right. Lateralis is certainly like an album that has a very like congruent order that you have to listen to that album. And you can listen to one of the songs, but like if you started jumping around, it's like I really want to hear that whole thing as a as a piece. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I got I was fortunate enough to see Tool. Um, they were supposed to play September 11, 2001, uh, in Grand Rapids, and obviously, you know, the, the tragic events that happened that day, and they um, they bumped the the, the um, show two two nights later, and did hold it at Van Andel, and it was like it was just mind blowing too, and like yeah, just like both both as it and again it was like the music, but it was also the visual component and the stage component, and they had performers on ropes, and it was just like the first time I'd seen something like it wasn't just a concert, it was like an experience right, to yeah. see that, and that was. That's pretty amazing to like experience, uh, you know, not just the music for the sake of the music, but for the the whole show. Right. That's that's really cool that that they had uh, people on ropes. Oh, these dudes were like in these bodysuits on like acrobatic ropes from the ceiling of Van Andel, like doing all these crazy tricks in sequence to whatever the you know the the music that was playing. You know, it was all the all the and they're very particular about their choreography and the the visual component of their yeah. of their stage so that's cool so post college what uh what's going on there what's happening and post college so i, I uh I did a little they worked for a year after college like running a landscaping company so i had a lot of road time uh so modest mouse was still in the forefront of my brain because i just love modest mouse and Listen to a lot of Modest Mouse. This is pre-Float On. Right? Yeah, this is way pre-Float On. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw him a few times. I saw him at the old intersection in Grand Rapids, like 100 people right after Moon and Antarctica came out. Um, this was pretty pretty epic, like before they became a thing. Like, right. You know, watching Isaac Brock from five feet away was pretty epic. Um, but then I got into, I, I kind of went back to old rock and roll and like ventured into a bunch of stuff that I I didn't really get into, didn't know about before, didn't get into. Like, you know, Stones are big, but I got really, really heavy into uh, Sticky Fingers and, um, uh, uh, man, what's the double album? Uh, Exile on Main Street. 
like I just like the bluesy heroin infused uh, Keith Richards yeah. guitar stuff uh, just got me. I, I got into the band a lot, Bob Dylan and the band, and the band itself. Just like uh, Neil Young, a uh, ton of Neil Young. Those were things that just really got me. Like I, you know, a different generation, that late '60s, early '70s, right? Bluesy rock and roll. Did you get into Bob Dylan at all? I, a little bit. I've actually, in the recent times, gotten a lot more into Bob Dylan. I, like I've always liked Bob, but I got, got really, I just knew Bob was kind of like a. Bob's a bad habit, like, because he's got such a wide-ranging, diverse yeah. portfolio, and, you know, I, yeah. Was that because of the, because we, we both saw him. Yeah. At the same concert. Yeah. Uh, was that from that? No, I've, before that, before that, I've just, that? I've been, I would say the last, like, three, four years, I've got really into, you know, really into Bob. Yeah. Planet Waves, and, uh, yeah, I just, he's just, he's got such a, I love, right, I, I love, uh, oh, Nashville Skyline, the kind of country album that he does, it's got Johnny Cash on a track. Yeah. Uh, it's just, a, he's such a great songwriter. And I mean, you know, I don't think anybody can, everybody says so much about Bob, but. He's so amazing he's, with his songwriting. Yeah. And the fact that he's been doing it for so long, too. Mm -hmm. Like he's still dropping albums, you know? I know. It's, he's character. It's crazy. Yeah. See, um, you mentioned Rolling Stones. I'm trying to remember. We we did karaoke a few times yeah. with each other, and I think you did Under My Thumb. I did have done Under My Thumb. Yeah. That's early Stones. That's a little earlier, too. Yeah. But I like Stones. Well, I would say that's like... That's mid-60s. That's, yeah. It, I wouldn't say early, early, but... But I just love... I love Keith Richards, man. I just love his guitar playing. I love his, his attitude. I just, you know, he... And his respect and love for... You know the great old blues musicians who's he's trying to keep some of that alive. Yeah, I in his uh, autobiography he talks about how uh, I think musicians like Chuck Berry and other uh, African American guitarists were such a huge influence on him mm -hmm. as a kid and growing up. And that's the he I think he said something along the lines of. If that music hadn't been around, the Rolling Stones would have never happened. No, I mean you listen to, especially you listen to those first couple Stones albums that are just like covers of old blues songs. Right. Yeah. Right? Like that's the whole everything they they did was just, you know, just taking a Chicago blues man's uh, riff and you know making it making it trying to make it the Stones. That's, yeah. That's what the kids wanted. Right. And but to do it from England though, mm -hmm. it, I think it's just the uh, the peculiar part to it all. So, you know, it's, it's not, not somebody from Mississippi or, right. uh, you know, somewhere influential with uh, blues music. Yeah, and I'm definitely, I mean, and I love the Beatles, but, you know, how can you not love the Beatles as a, as a fan of rock and roll? But I'm, you know, I'd definitely be a Stones guy before I'd be a Beatles guy any day of the week. <laughs> All right. I don't know about that, but... Uh, <laughs> It's a tough. It's a tough call. They both have a, such a huge catalog of music that everybody is familiar with. So. For sure, but it's, I, in, I, in some regards, that's some of the stuff that doesn't. Um, that's not their more popular stuff. Is some of the stuff that I love the most. You know. Oh yeah. Like some of those like some of those, those non-popular, non-famous tracks on Exile on Main Street. It's not that they're not famous. If you're a fan, you know them. But they're not the. You know, they weren't the radio signals like. 
uh, Moonlight Mile um, or Dead Flowers or things like that. Those are just amazing, amazing songs um, that, you know. Nobody knows. Nobody but, knows, but yeah, they're there. So you, you go through this kind of classic rock and roll phase. Mm-hmm. What, what's next? What's going on? Man, what's next now? Just, yeah, I remember I was a real estate appraiser for like 10 years. So I just, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the car, man. I listened to lots and lots of music, but like pre-Spotify, you know, yeah. pre, pre-Pandora, still had to like tote, tote the CDs around and, uh, you know, lots of, I like the, I think one of the, the, the best things was when you could get a CD player that you could play MP3s on and then you could just like download entire collections of, of songs and, um, you know, probably about that time, you know, that's like post-college, I started, I met my wife then, and, uh, you know, she grew up in a big family, she's the f- four out of five, uh, and, you know, so she brought some different musical flavor to the, the relationship, she loves Fleetwood Mac, so yeah. I got, we went, we went big on Fleetwood Mac for a while, she also likes, uh, you know, she got into, uh, she's big into uh, 80s, 80s stuff, some dark wave and some new wave stuff, so, uh, that got me into Joy Division, got me yeah. into Morrissey and the Smiths, got me into uh, uh, Depeche Mode. She, lo- she had her favorite bands yeah. like Depeche Mode, and I like I'd never really listened to Depeche Mode. So then I, I, I went down a long rabbit hole with that for a long time, <laughs> and I'm still in that rabbit hole. Probably I still love that music and listen to that quite often. Of, of uh, you know, we tried to see Morrissey twice too, and it just never worked out. He canceled so, twice. Every time you talk about how it gets canceled, yeah. it just but I still like the guy. Like yeah. I still want to see him. I'm still like I still keep trying to give him money, even though he like frustrates me because he's so <laughs> so fucking good. What? So what? Um, I mean, a lot of that music's from the influences from Monica. But why did it connect with you? I just I guess probably because I never really got into it. You know, like I said, I, li- I like I'm a I think I have pretty broad musical taste and appreciation, but just never never went down that. Something fresh. Something fresh. Something. Yeah, Talking Heads. We both like. We share a, a much a deep appreciation for the Talking Heads and David Byrne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just this whole new like thing to explore that I hadn't explored a lot, and uh, it's been great. Uh, now I you know, spent a bunch of money on those records. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the David Byrne solo uh, stuff? Too? No, not much of the solo stuff. Uh, a lot of the Talking Heads stuff. Um, we got we did go see his concert when he came to GR. That was a another one of those uh, concerts that you didn't. Ex- it was an experience, you know. Like he, I know he's. I've listened to a lot of interviews with him, and he's got real big into that marching band stuff. And like, yeah. so the concert was very like it was very choreographed and had this amazing visual component to it that was, but with people, not with any digital stuff. It was just right. And he played, you know. And I like you know. I I have to imagine it's hard as an artist to like just play the old songs right like you get, and so like even though there was a bunch of songs that he played I didn't necessarily know I was still like engaged with them because they were they were great songs and they were they had this other factor to keep you uh, in, involved in them you know it's like LCD sounds like somebody shut up and play the hits like no like I get it man if I get to play the same damn thing for 40 years like you know I guess pretty old but uh David found a way to make the, the new stuff sound and be engaging and be okay. entertaining. So, one of the first connections that we had was oh, yeah. the boss. I know we haven't got to the boss yet. Yeah. You know, 
We know we love the boss. Yeah. I mean, he speaks for us. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a great American poet. Like, you know, he's like a poet for the working man. Right. And, yeah. And I'll, yeah, Bruce is, uh, Bruce is, I still can't get enough Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is like the flame that will never go out, you know? It doesn't matter what, you know, where you shift, where you go, you can always, you know, Bruce is like the, it's like a, it's like a channel marker, you know? It's like the, a place you can always return to and, and feel, feel good, feel comfortable. And his, and his new stuff is, is, I like. The Western Skies album? Yeah, but it's, and all of it, all the stuff from the last 10 years, you know, okay. it's really, I think, compared to a lot of artists, even again, if it's not like making top 10 radio singles, it's like, it's relevant and it's great music. It, yeah. his, some of his songs are as good as songs he wrote 30 years ago. And right. It, it, I feel like for him, he's not interested in being relevant on the charts. Mm. You know, like he could, he could try to go that route if he wanted with the E Street Band even. Mm-hmm. But he's not, like it's just not his thing. Like he would rather be authentic and true mm-hmm. to his music. And because he's got a, such a, a good following of people anyway. Yeah, they're fanatical, man. Yeah. I think the thing that one of the other things that makes Bruce, I think, special is is you know, you know, given the the climate of the world we live in today, um, and you know, the la- for the last you know, twenty years, uh, I think my generation and the next generation has has not had someone who is the um, musically is like the conscience of that generation you know like if you, we talked about Dylan you know you talk about the 60s yeah, you talk yeah. about the radical shit that was going on in the world and you had like an entire population of music, musicians who were like focused on like trying to articulate in song uh, you know whether it was Guthrie or Dylan like the, the speaking for the downtrodden speaking for people who you know down on their luck who have uh, who have a who want to be pissed about whatever's going on politically in the national scene and like I don't think there's been someone who's risen up but I think you know Bruce and Neil Young like those guys have continued having that like speaking that Tom I guess maybe maybe one guy's Tom Morello from Rage but like or Chuck D or Chuck D but there's not there's not a ton of them who've like came up in the last in, in that generation it's mostly been dudes from dudes and ladies from the previous generations who've like continued to carry the torch and uh, I think that's one of the, you know, part of the legacies of Bruce is like he just continues to be that, again, that like center place that's like, I know that, I know if it, what you're doing is right, man. Right. So you, you actually got to see him. I did. Uh, that was the, the River Tour, because uh, it was the 30th anniversary, right? Yeah, 30th anniversary of the River. Um, wait, no. It would have. Came out in eighty. Oh, they came out in eighty. It was the thirty-fifth anniversary. Yeah, I think it would have been the thirty-fifth. And I like, oh yeah, it's great. I was so happy that it was like I got to do. Al, he went start to finish. Yeah, he got. To, so it's a double album yeah. too. So, so I mean, it's a lot of music, and he did it from start to finish, and then and he played a bunch more. Songs. And then a bunch more after that. And we drove to Louisville to see him because, like, I was just like, I love Louisville because I'm in the booze biz, and uh, you know, the fact that he was playing there, I'm like, well, that's a good excuse to go to Louisville. So a couple of friends of my wife and I and us went down there and made a weekend out of it. And yeah. He, uh, I loved it too. Like, he came on stage, no opening band, 
plays. Like they turn the lights on in the stadium, right, yeah. and he just kept, keeps playing. He played three more songs with the fucking lights on in the arena. Like you know, he just he, like I you can tell that he loves his job. Yeah. And like you know, there's been very few music, musicians that I like. You genuinely know when you're at that concert that they give such a shit about what they're doing. Yeah. I just took my parents to see Seeger on the, the last tour here in, yeah. in Grand Rapids, and I had that say I felt like that was the same experience with Bob. He like you know. I don't, I've never owned a Bob Seger album. I love Bob Seger. I love his songs. You know, he's a very Michigander guy. Right. But, like, there was such joy on that man's face. And I knew every song. I knew every word to every song, probably. Even though I've never owned a Bob Seger album. And <laughs> because it's, it's been such, like, a thing that just lives in your life as somebody from Michigan. Right. And, but, like, to watch it, like, my wife and I both, like, said, that's a really great show. And he just, like, it was like he had this joy about him but because he loved what he did. And I feel like, you know, it feels like Bruce is the same guy. Like, it's the same, they just... They genuine, genuinely enjoy being on stage, giving you, giving the audience what they want. Like, you know, Bruce does it his way. He does what he wants. He plays the songs he wants. But he like, he wants to be. He loves to entertain, and he loves to, to create an experience for you. And, and you know, the audience singing along to "Hungry Heart" or saying, it's just like you just feel oh, the energy man. in the room. Oh, I love. It. It's great. He he always gives the impression that he's just going all, all out, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. The whole and he's going for three plus hours too. Mm-hmm. It's usually a concert's maybe two hours. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he does you know, two hour concerts. He he goes another hour mm-hmm. and all out. Mm-hmm. I uh, I always think of my my friend uh, has mentioned that to me before where he wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the location where if like Bruce were to die, it would be because he was on stage. Singing his heart out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, going on, you know, going, I want to go out doing something I love. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right. I mean, you, you know, his wife, Patty, plays in the band, and like, you know, he, his like, best friends. His best friends are in there, like, yeah, man, that's what I want to go out. I want to yeah. go out doing something I love with the people I love around me. Like, that sounds like, you know, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> As to the legend, bro. Right. So, another band that we connected over. Uh, you kind of mentioned we've talked a little bit on Kid A, but that's Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> the best, man. <laughs> Is that your favorite? I don't know. It's probably it's it's in the, it's got to be up there somewhere. I mean, yeah, I just it's been yeah. You know, all of Radiohead has been influential in my life. Uh, From Pablo Honey all the way up to yeah. I mean, I remember having the. I, I, I can't find it. I keep trying to buy it. I, like I want to own MTV used to do MTV Buzzbin CDs. Okay. And, and it was like, a, it was in a compilation CD, um, and I remember having an MTV Buzzbin volume, maybe I think it was volume two, and it was like, it was a while, it had Danzig Mother on it, it had Stone Temple Pilots, it had the Cranberries, oh, wow. it had Radiohead, it yeah. was like this wild, all over the spectrum thing. So that was like, I remember getting that one had Creep on it, I think, and okay. so that was like, yeah, of course Pablo Honey, you know? Um, but really, uh, um, uh, uh, The Bends. Like, that's my favorite album. Yeah, absolutely. Like the yeah. songwriting on it, it's like that. It's. Uh, I just listened to it today, actually. Yeah, it's so good. They're all so good in their own special way. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love, their newer stuff. I know it's like it's challenging for people, like because it is not a. Again, they're not making radio hits. They're right. doing what they want to do, and they're pushing the envelope of things, and they're trying things, and but they're such like talented, talented dudes. Right. And they're, they're pushing how to release it, too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, remember I downloaded In Rainbows, like, 
streamed it off the internet and downloaded it somehow and yeah like yeah that was did you see the shit the shit with the tool album that the dude's doing uh you can buy a spec for the new tool you can get a it's a it's a hd cd case with a video screen in it that's got a two amp speed or a two watt speaker what yeah and you can like special pre-order it and it's like a, it's a cd case that has a video screen in it with a speaker built in that's rechargeable that's that's crazy to me yeah <laughs> how much does that go i don't know i have no idea <laughs> But I like again. I like it. You know, I love that. You know, guys like that just push the envelope. Radio right. pushes the envelope on things. And well, like with the uh, limbs, they they didn't even set a release date. They just dropped it randomly. Right. And then I think the last album too, they did that. I just love it. Yeah. Something love it. Just do it. Do it the way you want to, man. Yeah. Like they're not. Oh. And so, what was it last year? We both saw them in Detroit mm -hmm. uh, at Little Caesars. What'd you think of that? The, the dojo, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was a great show. Uh, you know, they were tight. They they went all over the board on songs, um, new and old. It was yeah. a, it was a you know, the sound is actually really good in that arena. I was sometimes arena shows can be a little hit or miss with sound quality. I thought the sound quality was spectacular. Again, creating an experience. They had a great uh, you know had a great visual component to the show. Right. Um, yeah, I've, and I, that's my, I think it was my third Radiohead show. Okay. I saw them twice in college, uh, both in Ohio at a Cuyahoga Falls. It's like a nice outdoor amphitheater. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, no bullshit advertising. It's good. I was going to say, they did an amphitheater? <laughs> Two big amphitheaters, outdoor amphitheaters. <laughs> yeah, it's wild shows too. Mm. We, haven't, we haven't talked about karaoke yet. <laughs> what about it? I mean karaoke. It's like I'm terrible. I have zero. I have zero rhythm. I have uh, no sense of. Uh, I have no sense of uh, of tone. Um, <laughs> so I mostly sing songs that are just like speaking songs. So therefore, I like old country. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm trying to remember. What other songs you've done? I once uh, once sang. Uh, we were in Traverse City for a, a, a distillery deal, and uh, there's only like two Ubers in Traverse City. <laughs> and so uh, we're trying to give for some reason my cheap business partner booked a hotel out by the airport and we're downtown at the cocktail bars and uh, so I get the Uber and this like white Chrysler minivan shows up with like this like planetary scene on the outside of it and like open the door and the dude's got like neon LED lights and like oh, no. I hop in the front seat and uh, uh, Kyle my business partner and Jenny our operations manager hop in the back seat and like I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, you like karaoke? And now it is like thick German accent. And I'm like, hell yeah, I like karaoke. And it's like, shuts the door and he hands me a microphone. And I'm like, what do you got in here? And I was like, I got like old country. I was like, you got, uh, you never even call me by my name, by David Allen Coe. And that's my, that's my country song. The greatest country and western song ever written. Um, and uh, he's, he like looks, he's like, no. And I was like, uh, how about, uh, I really like the song Jolene by Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah. And the White Stripes covered it, so it's, that's one of my faves. And so he like goes to Dolly Parton and he's like, no, I have Islands in the Stream. I was like, guess you and I are singing Islands in the Stream, buddy. And me and this like German Uber driver <laughs> sang Islands in the Stream all the way back to the hotel in a duet, <laughs> in an Uber. It was like epic. It was like I, my best Uber experience ever. Yeah. It was just me and... Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. There may be video evidence, but... <laughs> 
from Kyle <laughs> or Jenny. One of the two's got some. It was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, man, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Why? Why should we listen to music? Why is it so important? Man, it's just it's like uh, it's it helps. You know, I like it. It. Uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need a you need a release you need you need something to help you get through, uh, you know. You and I were talking about you know songs earlier, like favorite songs or important songs, and um, you know I, I mentioned to you uh, uh, my love of Neil Young, um, and uh, you know the last uh, the last Conan show when Conan was hosting the Tonight Show, he uh, he invited Neil Young to sing. Neil Young never does. TV, you know, and I mean, I'm watching it live because I was like a huge Conan nerd, and Neil Young comes out by himself, and he plays, uh, he plays a song called Long May You Run, and uh, it's a song that, you know, it's, it's not a well-known Neil Young song, but it's like, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite songs that Neil Young ever did, and it's just a song about his, he had like an old Buick, uh, and he's a Canadian, so it's like a, about this old car in Canada that was like his, you know, his, important to him, and, uh, he sang that as the last song on Conan ever, you know, and then like Conan was done. Uh, but that like I, they, like, I just like fell in love with that song and like I just like, I would listen to it over and over and over again. And, I, and, I, and then that song like disappeared from the internet, you know, like because of all the Conan contractual crap with NBC. Uh, and like, I just like, I loved watching that Neil Young video on Conan. And then when my, uh, my grandfather got uh, sick and passed away, like that was my like, my song that I played at his funeral for him because uh, we all just made like a soundtrack of songs that we all like that were important to us and important to him and that song you know it helped get me through some things man like yeah. I just like listen I, and it's still to this day when I hear that song or play that song uh, it makes me tear up and I and sometimes I just put it on because it's like you know thought of my grandpa today and I just want right. to I want to hear Neil Young play Long May You Run now man and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's just amazing how songs can evoke emotions too, you know. Like it just like it can pull one out of you. It can like you know you, whether it's like a you, you you had a special moment with that song playing or like that song helped you get through something or that it's uh, yeah, music powerful, man. Yeah. Well, John, uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, this man. Great. Thanks for I'm the glad drink. we got I'm, anytime. Was, you said it was the best whiskey sour you ever had. Yeah. So, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's got like real sugar and real fruit juice in it. Right. Like, Music's like uh, and cocktails have a lot, a lot, a lot in common. You know, you got to do them right. Absolutely, right. for sure. Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you, man. Thanks, man. All right, cheers, brother. Peace. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle If you like the podcast and want to know more. Check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.